To consider that the future energy mix, I think that the key element is energy conservation, promotion of non-fossil fuel energy, electrification, and also the contribution of innovative technology. Hello and welcome to Energy 360, the podcast from the Energy Security and Climate Change Program at CSIS. I'm your host, Lisa Highland. This week, my colleague Jane Nakano sits down with Ken Koyama. Ken is a Senior Managing Director and Chief Economist at IEEJ, the Institute for Energy Economics, Japan. Last fall, Japan announced that it seeks to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050. Ken and Jane look at what motivated Japan to come out with this plan. They look at what the targets might mean for Japan's energy security and its implications for Japan's energy mix. This episode was recorded in December 2020, and since then, in late December, Japan also announced a new green growth strategy, which seeks to provide a map for industries to achieve these new carbon neutrality targets. Before turning to the conversation with Ken, Jane gives us a short summary of the new green growth strategy and what it includes. Here's Jane now. Following Japan's announcement that it seeks to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050, the country also rolled out green growth strategy for 2050 carbon neutrality in late December. This strategy aims to align its economic growth agenda with its carbon neutrality goal. It has named 14 industries that have particular importance for emissions reduction perspective that also have significant potential to generate economic growth. These include offshore wind power, hydrogen, and nuclear energy, as well as automobile and shipping industries. To unlock private sector financing in these industries, the Japanese government seeks to deploy a host of tools, including regulatory reforms to facilitate renewables deployment, tax credits to stimulate clean energy projects, and the establishment of Green Innovation Fund to support the innovation cycle, including commercialization. Meanwhile, how the mid-century carbon neutrality pledge may affect Japan's future energy economy and its electricity supply mix is a complex question. So Ken, um, Prime Minister Suga uh, in October announced Japan's pledge to meet carbon neutrality by 2050. But thus far, uh, roughly 100 economies around the world have some forms of carbon neutrality pledge. Um, but, you know, Japan being one of the largest economies in the world, um, the announcement was quite notable. So tell us, uh, what drove Japan to make this pledge at this timing? Thank you, Jen, for this question. I think that the timing is uh, very important uh, because Prime Minister Suga took his uh, uh, prime ministership after Mr. Abe, uh, you know very well, uh, Abe administration uh, had the longest prime minister's uh, period uh, in Japan's constitutional histories, but he unfortunately resigned because of his health condition. And after that, uh, Mr. Suga became a prime minister of Japan and in September. And after the start of that administration, I do think that he need to have some new initiative uh, which should enhance Japan's economy, Japan's uh, responsibility or visibility in the world as a leading industrial economy in the world. And uh, in this respect, uh, he 
clearly noted that there was a wave of carbon neutrality among major emitters, I would say. Uh, as everybody knows, the EU is a long-standing advocate to carbon for carbon neutrality in the year 2050. And interestingly, uh, China, uh, Mr. Xi Jinping made an announcement in end of, at the end of September, uh, China will uh, pursue the carbon neutrality in the year 2060s. And everybody in Japan knows that uh, if uh, Mr. Biden will become uh, president of the United States, uh, United States is also aiming at the carbon neutrality in the year 2050. So in this respect, he decided to join this wave of carbon neutrality as a leading economy in the world. So what does it mean for Japanese economy sort of, a, you know, internally? How significant is this commitment? Uh, yes, I think that this is significant and also very challenging target for Japan, and not only for Japan, but for every country. Uh, as you know that uh, carbon neutrality is really needs a big change in our energy and economic system. Japan, as well as many countries, are uh, still heavily dependent on fossil fuel. Uh, we in Japan is dependent on fossil fuel supply almost 90% as of now. The carbon neutrality means the contribution of fossil fuel can be possibly minimized. So. I think that it needs a really revolutionary change in the years to come. Of course, uh, if we aim at uh, carbon neutrality in 2050, uh, we will have another 30 years. But still, this should be a real revolutionary challenge. And we remember that former Prime Minister Abe's target was a GHG reduction by 80% in the year 2050, not carbon neutrality. But uh, at that time, many people in Japan still believe that even 80% reduction is very, very ambitious. So in this respect, the announcement of carbon neutrality in the year 2050 is very, very significant that Japan will really aim to contribute to the uh, global climate change issues. Yeah, I mean, in the energy terms, you know, where we, you know, look to have multi-decades sort of planning for any infrastructure uh, and also some of the, you know, innovation stuff. I mean, 2050 is really right around the corner. So I do agree it's a very ambitious goal, but it's quite remarkable that uh, there's more and more economies that are joining, yeah. uh, in, you know, in this like, vision. But as you said, it is, you know, it's an ambitious goal. Um, but how does it actually translate into Japan's future energy mix? I mean, you know, it might be easier to make changes in certain sectors, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, others where, you know, you might have, you know, fossil fuel being still very, um, you know, economically competitive and technologically proven sources to uh, mm. fuel the economy. How, how may uh, the future energy mix look like? Jen, I would say that there is no easy sector <laughs> to uh, meet the carbon neutrality target. But uh, I agree that relatively, uh, power sector is the most uh, uh, close uh, sectors uh, to see the 
acceleration of decarbonization uh, because uh, there are many sources of zero emission power generation, such as renewable, such as uh, nuclear power. And also we may be utilized uh, the CCS technology as well, but uh, probably more difficult uh, area is non-power sector or heat industry, transportation, and non-power sector is really difficult area or sectors where we can uh, really see that the zero emission from the, our activity, economic activity or civil life. That's why probably the most common uh, idea to reach the carbon neutrality is firstly uh, to enhance that uh, further enhance that uh, energy conservation and also to increase the contribution of non-fossil fuel energy such as uh, renewable and nuclear power and also one key element is electrification as i mentioned power sector is relatively easier sector so the effort should be made to uh, promote uh, further electrification and then electric sector power sector should be zero emission but again, even if we make a serious effort for the uh, electrification, this uh, remaining sector and for the zero emission or decarbonization of zero emission needs uh, innovative technology. And that's why, for example, hydrogen, either blue hydrogen or green hydrogen or yellow hydrogen, whatever, CO2-free hydrogen need to play a key role for the carbon neutrality in non-power sector. So I think that the, to, to consider that the future energy mix, I think that the key element is energy conservation, promotion of non-fossil fuel energy, electrification, and also the contribution of innovative technology. So in the power sector, um, I fully agree. I mean, it's relatively more feasible uh, or mm. easier, but certainly it will require a lot of efforts. And you did mention renewables and nuclear perhaps, but are there some, you know, within the, you know, renewables bucket or nuclear bucket, uh, is Japan looking at like even advanced version of wind, solar, or um, nuclear at the moment? In terms of the actual target for energy policy, we have the 2030 uh, energy uh, mix target uh, in which renewable energy, uh, solar PV, wind power, and etc., should account for 20 to 24% for total power generation, while the nuclear power should account to 20 to 22, 22%. So, in total, the non fossil power generation. Uh, should account 44% in total power generation in the year 2030. This is a target set in our uh, current uh, basic energy plan of Japan. But uh, this uh, power generation mix and together with overall energy mix will lead to the 26% uh, of uh, GHG reduction as compared to the year 2013. So 26% reduction is really very, I, I do believe still challenging, but as I mentioned, carbon neutrality is quite quite different story. So probably we need to see the significant contribution from both uh, renewable and nuclear power 
of course, uh, both energy option is a very a wonderful option, but it's still not the perfect one. There are lots of uh, issues to be overcome. So I think that uh, from now on, uh, government of Japan and our energy industry need to work very hard uh, if we really want to see that the carbon neutrality in the year 2050. So, you know, every three years, Japan revises uh, its basic energy plan. And 2021 is when, you know, the latest version is to come out. So um, with this whole, you know, net zero pledge um, happening, um, and while this, you know, also planning is going on uh, for this, you know, the latest energy plan, I mean, how do they relate? I mean, this, in a way, it's a, it's a great timing and great opportunity to yeah. undertake uh, such a deep sort of thinking about Japan's, you know, uh, future energy system. But how is this process uh, coming along? Uh, Jen, yeah, you are right that now we are now in the process of revising the, the basic energy plan of Japan. Basic energy plan is the most uh, fundamental, best, important uh, basic energy policy document. And every three years, uh, we are trying to revise it uh, based on its necessities. And uh, in the year 2021, hopefully, I don't know at what time, but hopefully, uh, we can come up to the conclusion at the discussion of uh, advisory committee in Japan, special advisory committee inside Japan. And uh, based on the previous example of uh, revising uh, a basic energy plan, I think that the three E element plus S safety after Fukushima accident is a key element to be considered. Three E stands for energy security, environmental protection and economic efficiency. So clearly, environmental protection uh, element, this uh, carbon neutrality is really most important uh, uh, milestone uh, that should be considered fully. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, Japan's energy policy is not based on only one element, uh, climate change or environment, but also we need to consider very much, very seriously about uh, energy security and also economic efficiency or uh, the impact on our economy as well. I was a member of the subcommittee to discuss and decide that the previous energy mix target in the year 2030. And I can recall that uh, to start with our discussion at the advisory committee, we made uh, some kind of uh, common understanding that uh, energy mix target should meet our 3E targets uh, simultaneously. Uh, for energy security, we need to improve our energy self-sufficiency. And for environment, uh, we need to have a, a comparably ambitious GHG reduction target with the United States and the EU. And the energy mix should lead to the lower power generation cost to Japan. And probably in the ongoing discussion for revising strategic energy plan, the similar 3E concept plus S safety should be employed. And in one of the, one of the most important element, uh, environmental protection, uh, carbon neutrality in the year 2050 is already set. So, 
from now on, I think that the energy security and the economic efficiency issue is, is going to be a very important element. And based on this 3E principle, we are going to, I hope that we can successfully devise the basic energy plan. And usually a year after the basic energy plan comes out, there'll also be uh, sort of an outlook that, you know, that gets announced. And last time around uh, in 2018 version, I think the target remained the same. Um, can we expect uh, the new uh, targets to come out following this uh, 2021 version of the basic energy plan? I personally think it's quite possible to have a strategic energy plan, including that uh, energy mix target in the year 2050, uh, because uh, as Prime Minister Suga already announced that uh, we will need to pursue the, the carbon neutrality in the year 2050. And to meet that, what should be the energy mix? This is the answer that uh, strategic energy need to uh, show. So my personal, at this moment, guess is the next revision will include the energy mix target. And given the fact that uh, Japan does have uh, very limited energy natural resources, Japan has always invested quite a bit into energy diplomacy. And especially with the countries and regions that are very rich in oil and gas resources. Um, now with this um, you know, pledge calling for transformation in the way perhaps you know, Japan consumes energy, but then the type of energy sources uh, that you would be, uh, you would hope to uh, rely on much more heavily going forward. How does this pledge um, affect you know, energy diplomacy, if you will? Uh, Jane, thank you very much for this uh, very important uh, question. The answer is that uh, Japan will continue to make a very serious effort uh, to enhance the relation with uh, uh, energy resource-rich countries, for example, in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, or others, and Russia, or I don't whatever country, uh, because uh, firstly, uh, even if we start to uh, make a serious uh, strategy development for uh, the year 2050. Uh, we will continue to depend on fossil fuel in a big manner uh, in the years to come, 2030, 2035, 2040. I think that we will need to secure our energy supply by imported energy source, oil, gas, LNG. So in this respect, uh, that the resource diplomacy uh, in the traditional sense continue to play an uh, important role. And in addition to that, now we in Japan uh, started to realize uh, that for carbon neutrality in Japan means that it's not necessarily zero fossil fuel related energy source. As a part of the answer is a very high attention being paid to the uh, blue uh, hydrogen uh, produced from fossil fuel with CCS or CCUS technology. And uh, these uh, uh, blue hydrogen can be produced in resource rich country, for example, in the Middle East or 
Saudi Arabia, one of the examples is Saudi Arabia. Uh, now Japan is uh, making a serious uh, collaboration with Saudi Arabia to create the international supply chain of blue hydrogen in the long term. But as everybody knows that uh, supply chain of blue hydrogen is at this moment very, very costly. So the cost reduction is required, but this is a long-term uh, target. Uh, one of the key elements to reduce cost is utilizing the existing energy-related infrastructure and facilities and technologies. So what we did is between Japan and Saudi Arabia, for example, is to start a kind of a approach using a blue ammonia. As you may know, that ammonia is already available in the existing facility and technology and transportation system so that we can reduce cost for the transition in the long term by using the blue ammonia uh, from Saudi Arabia to Japan as a first step to, as a bridge to the uh, blue hydrogen. So in this respect, uh, I think that uh, our resource diplomacy with oil and gas resource rich country should continue and should enhance uh, in the context of new and innovative uh, strategy. There also attention to perhaps the United States with its you know, gas uh, resources uh, becoming perhaps a source of uh, blue hydrogen uh, that Japan may consume? Yeah, uh, actually, the latest version of IEJ Outlook 2021, uh, in which we made a circular carbon economy scenario analysis. And uh, the result is that uh, we may see that the large international flow of blue uh, hydrogen uh, up to the year 2050, uh, where the net significant exporter of blue hydrogen uh, is Middle East and North America, uh, because that uh, availability of competitive gas with CCS potential is a key element of the supply side. Uh, of course, that only not only supply side, we need to have the international supply chain, including uh, transportation and everything. So but uh, my answer is that uh, North United States, North America uh, can be a possible net exporter of blue hydrogen in the years to come. 2020 was a year like no other, um, and the pandemic has dealt a range of economic challenges to countries around the world. In Japan, which is the third largest economy in the world, is no exception where economic recovery has become a pressing agenda. Um, does carbon neutrality pledge um, complicate uh, or help Japan's economic recovery? I mean, how does it affect the sort of a scope of uh, recovery challenge that the Japanese government faces? I think this is a very relevant question. And uh, the answer to your first question uh, is uh, related to these issues. The timing of the announcement was October 2020 speech at the Japan's diet, uh, Mr. Suga uh, firstly uh, officially announced that the carbon neutrality target. At that time, time uh, we need to have uh, some new economic policy in the face of the significant uh, negative impact of uh, pandemic, as well as a longer term growth strategy for Japan. 
And if we really see the carbon neutrality, uh, as I mentioned, clearly that the innovative technology, innovative industry, uh, innovative idea people is required. So that will help in the long run to Japan's economic growth. And also uh, in this respect, not only 100% energy related issues, Prime Minister Suga prioritized uh, so-called digitalization, digital revolution. So carbon neutrality and the digital revolution uh, together uh, will have the impact from the innovation side uh, so that uh, that will uh, help the economic recovery uh, from the pandemic as well as longer term growth strategy. We can recall that uh, former Prime Minister Abe continued to use uh, Abenomics uh, as a growth strategy for Japan. And uh, now Prime Minister Suga seems to decide that uh, carbon neutrality and the digital revolution can be the new element for recovery and long-term growth strategy. In that sense, I mean, I think innovation really seems to be the cornerstone of you know, Japan's uh, pathway to mm -hmm. achieving this net zero um, goal. And it's not that dissimilar in the United States uh, either. You know, R&D will be uh, quite a focus, but are there type of uh, you know, clean energy technologies that Japan may then want to really share with the world, if you will, you know, want to become more of a global supplier uh, once, you know, you've, you know, furthered the, the expertise. Uh, yes, I think that the government of Japan and the industries are all hoping that Japan continue to play an important role in terms of technology development, R&D, and the diffusion of technology or commercialization, not only for Japan, but also for the world market. That will surely contribute to the climate change issues and also that uh, reduction of cost for the energy transition that will be beneficial for Japanese economy and Japanese industry, as well as uh, the world economy and the world industry. I think that uh, we will work very hard and probably at this moment, that, as I mentioned, that the blue hydrogen related technology or zero emission uh, fossil fuel technology uh, will be a centerpiece of Japan's uh, energy related innovative technology. You know, towards the end of 2020, um, there seemed to have been uh, perhaps uh, idea to have you know, no new gasoline cars introduced in Japan by uh, the middle of 2030. Yeah. Um, is that something that may also help uh, the energy transition, you know, certainly in the transportation sector? If any country uh, need to pursue carbon neutrality, I think that the transportation sector is need to face a big challenge. As I mentioned, uh, relatively power sector is carbon neutrality is more close to feasibility, but other sector, including transportation, is going to be a very, very important issues. And that's why, logically, if Japan needs to go on carbon neutrality, uh, the transportation sector, including the, the vehicle sectors, uh, we should do something quite different. 
Uh, that's why the government uh, decided to announce that uh, the new sales of gasoline combustion engine type car can be restricted. Otherwise, that it's quite hard to see that uh, carbon neutrality to be realized. Right. That then you'd be uh, perhaps looking uh, at electric vehicles, but then also hybrids as well. Yeah. And also, uh, we, uh, Japan continued to pay and um, make a serious effort to see the fuel cell vehicle as well. Of course, uh, electric vehicle is very popular and uh, uh, come faster. But I think in the long run, in the different transportation sector, fuel cell vehicle, can FCBs, can uh, play a role. Uh, that's why the uh, car industry, uh, Toyota and uh, METI, are still working very hard to promote the concept of hydrogen society. Japan is home to so many, uh, you know, known uh, automotive company leaders in the world. So it would be quite interesting to uh, keep an eye out there to mm. see, you know, what sort of innovative approaches and, and technologies that these yeah. Japanese auto companies can come up with uh, to, you know, certainly help Japan's transition, but uh, to help transportation sector decarbonization efforts uh, around the world that are uh, required, uh, as you correctly pointed out. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for joining us today. And, you know, we will definitely stay tuned as Japan, uh, you know, uh, lays out uh, some of the more specific uh, plans and actions as it, it strives to achieve this net zero goal by 2050. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Ken and Jane for joining Energy 360 this week. You can find more episodes of Energy 360 wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us at CSIS.org or follow us on Twitter at CSIS Energy. Thanks for listening.